praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness and for his mercy. There is nobody like our God. There's nobody grander than our God. There's no other God beside him. He's God all by himself. Uh, Deuteronomy uh, 6 and 4 tells us very plainly there's only one God, and we're thankful that this one God blesses us, that he loves us, that he keeps us and he, uh, and, he, and, he, and he shows us the way in which we should go. So we thank God for all the things that he does, great and small, whether we think about it and it's always on our mind or if it's those things that come to mind every now and then. We, we just we thank the Lord for everything. God is a good God. As always, let's go ahead and begin with our scripture text. We are back in uh, the book of Psalms chapter 27. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read our scripture set for our hearing this morning. Uh, Psalms 27 one says, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now, Shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me? Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me. Amen. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I seek. Amen. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. May the Lord have a blessing to those that read and hear and do his word. Uh, we thank the Lord, as we always say, the blessing is truly in the obedience. You want to be blessed of God? You got to do what God says. You you just it's not uh, it's not possible to just uh, to 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 receive all that God has for you if you won't do what God has assigned to you. You got to do what God tells you to do. There's no there's no uh, there's no quick uh, solution, or there's no outside solution. There's no alternative solution. You have got to be obedient to the word of God. There are many people that suffer many different things. And if you were to trace 
it all back if we were to question many of these individuals that find themselves suffering for all manner of um, issues or in all manner of situations, I think it would there would be a common theme that arises in and among many of them. That common theme would be that of disobedience. The Bible teaches us that the Lord would have obedience rather than sacrifice. And so many times we try to slide disobedience by God um, with the hopes that we're going to still be able to be partakers of the blessings of, of God. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. It just does not work that way. Many of us, we want it to, and we can understand why, but, but, but the reality is, is that it does not work that way. God does not bless mess. And some of you going through some things you need to stop. You need to disengage with the mess. It's time to leave it alone. It's time to repent of that. And it's time to turn to God. It's time to get where you are supposed to be. You just, they, uh, you, 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 you've noticed that things have started to fall apart. Things are not what they seem and, and you just ready for it to change. But the problem is, is that as long as you are not ready to change your ways, to truly repent and turn to God and become obedient, then you're not truly ready for things to change. God is not obligated to bless you and I when we engage in sin and disobedience. And consequently, guess what? He does not. He's not going to bless you. Now, there will be some blessings that you get. These are the these are those universal ones. So in other words, you're going you, to get sunshine, you're going to get rain and all that other kind of stuff. That, that, that's natural. You're going you're gonna, to, and those are blessings from God. But the things that would constitute God enriching your life and blessing your life, those things, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get any of that. You're not going to, you just, you're not going to get any of that. See, when you try to get the blessings of God outside of obedience to God, then you are essentially doing what Simon the sorcerer did with the apostles, trying to, try, trying to buy the Holy Ghost. You see what the Holy Ghost can do. You see what the power of God can do, but you won't come under obedience. You won't yield yourself. You won't repent of your sins. You won't do all of that. You won't, you want to just try to be able to be able to do what everybody else do. You want the, the you, you want the power. You want all, you, you want to be able to do all, you want the things of God without God. But how does that work? You can't have the things of God, family, without God. And so many of us try to do that. So that, 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 that be a reminder to you, hopefully, um, you know, that's just a little, little side note, just to start us off with, be obedient, stop working hard and start working smart. You're trying to accomplish all this stuff without God. It ain't going to work because it's not designed to work that way. You are spinning your wheels. You want to know why you're tired? You want to know why you, you're frustrated? You want to know why you're exhausted? Because you are doing or attempting to do what is not divinely designed to even work. And so guess what? You bump your head up against the wall. When you discover, newsflash, it don't work. It's not designed to. It wasn't going to work for nobody in the past, and it didn't work for nobody in the past. Guess what? It's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for me. Obedience. The Lord would have obedience rather than sacrifice. Family, we are going to finish up here. This, uh, this is the last lesson on, I believe, 
in uh, on the topic of abandonment, and uh, we just want to finish it up. And uh, we did two lessons so far. This is going to be the third one here. And um, as we pick up in that, we talked about a couple uh, a couple things um, in the area of um, in the area of abandonment. Okay, and um, we talked we talked about a number of things, and it and it, and it was a blessing. Okay, it was um, it was a blessing. We talked about um, we talked about the word. Um, and in fact, when we go back to our scripture, uh, look at verse number ten. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. We discovered that that connection, that father and mother connection, that David here uses the strongest universal connection that everyone would have in common. If you are here on this planet or were here on this planet, you had a mother and you had a father. Okay. You just didn't, you're not going to get here any other way. Now, that does not mean that you know your mother or you know your father. And we'll talk a little bit about that. I said we would talk about it last time, but we didn't get too far into it. We will today, um, Lord willing. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have a connection, doesn't mean you have a relationship um, with mom and dad and all of those different things. That, and, and that isn't the point of that. The point is, is, is that is the, the point here with this scripture is, is that what's really being referenced, if it's a mother and a father, that's fine. But what really is being highlighted is, is those close connections, those connections that are the closest to you, that mean the most to you. Amen. These are the ones that you, that, that, uh, I mean, they're intrinsic to you. They are part of your life. You don't, you know, in other words, you can't, you don't really see yourself necessarily without, without these, these people in your life. Okay. These are the people that have the most influence in your life. They're able, they've been given permission to speak um, um, to you and, and guide your life or give you uh, advice, welcome advice. These are the, the people that, that are, that are the, 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 the central mentors or whoever they may be. Amen. That's who these people are. David said, when my father and my mother, that person that has the closest connection, that means the most, the one that I thought would never hurt me or would never this, that, or the other, when that person leaves, okay? When that person is gone, that word forsake we discovered means abandoned. And that went back to the other scriptures that we talked about in lessons past. And again, you have to go back to the podcast to look at those things um, to really get that teaching. And please make sure that you do because you need that. Amen. Amen. But when these connections leave, when they depart, they hurt, they leave a hole. They leave you feeling away. They leave an ache and a pain and all of these things that come along with it. David said, when my father and my mother forsake me, when they abandon me, and we discovered that the word abandon with this forsake uses or refers to the first of the multi-meaning aspect of abandon, we discovered in last lessons past, there's an agricultural term, um, fallow ground that is attached to it. That's a second, that is a secondary uh, meaning. Um, and that is what was being referenced in the scripture prior. So that would have been verse number nine. But in verse 10, though it uses the same word, okay, 
the same Hebrew word is behind it, we pick up the, not the secondary meaning, but we pick up the primary or the first meaning, which is to leave behind. Amen. So in this case, forsaking or to be forsaken or to forsake something, amen, literally, literally means to leave, okay, or to leave behind, okay, amen. So David says, when my mother and my father leave me. Now, it's important that you understand that, okay? It means when they leave me. Now, the type of leaving that is referenced here is an intentional leaving. Let me say that again. The type of leaving that is being referenced here is not involuntary, but rather it's voluntary. So when a person closest to you, let's make this plain, intentionally leaves you, leaves you hanging, leaves you by the side of the road, okay? And, and you can, and we, and we can be left in all manner of ways. And the manner in which we are left is not so relevant as that it eclipses, as to eclipse rather, the motive behind leaving. The way a person leave is not the point. The motive as to why they leave is the point. And so when he says, when my mother and my father forsake me, my goodness, what he's talking about is when that person intentionally leaves. Amen. Now we talked about abandonment and we really got into um, the concept. We talked a little bit about um, abandonment issues and how they arise when an individual has a strong fear of losing someone or losing a loved one. Okay. It's a fear of uh, uh, we, we said that a fear of abandonment really is a form of anxiety. And we said it often begins in childhood, but it's not exclusive to, uh, to childhood. Many, there are many people that don't deal with abandonment issues until later in life, okay? But it often begins in childhood when a child experiences a traumatic loss. And because it's not exclusive, it can also be obviously when, a, when you, uh, an adult who experiences a uh, traumatic loss, okay? Children or people who go through this experience may then begin to fear losing other important people in their lives, okay? Now, when we talk about that, now, abandonment doesn't have to be voluntary, it can be involuntary. Someone can pass away or something beyond your control. That can, that, that can happen too, okay? So there can be abandonment that, that um, issues that arise from that, okay? But abandonment is a form of anxiety. When we look at our text, we're not necessarily talking about the uh, involuntary, but, but we're going to talk a little bit about all of it today, um, just dealing with that abandonment, because, because 
somebody need this somewhere in the world. You're going to hear this and it's going to bless you. Not because it's me talking, but because through this, God's going to talk to you. You're going to have a moment where you're going to settle down and you're going to sit down and it's just going to be you and God. And you're going to be thinking about the words that are spoken here. And you're going to think about them in comparison to your life, and what you got going on. God's going to speak to you. And I'm praying. That's exactly what he do that wherever you are in the world, whatever time you listen to this, no matter who's around you. I pray that this word grab hold of you and it don't let go. Not until you are led to the altar of repentance. If you're presently engaged in sin or if that's not what you are presently engaged in, if you are that you are led to that altar of mercy where you can finally lay some things down and get some healing for some things that have happened in your life. Abandonment is real. This stuff ain't no joke. It's intangible. You can't touch it necessarily with your hand. But the pain of that thing is, 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 is real nonetheless. And it's a whole lot of people acting out and acting up because they deal with abandonment. We talked about the signs of abandonment. And we told uh, many different things, how a person that feels that way, we said they can, that person can find themselves um, giving too much or being overly eager to please, always trying to please somebody. We said that there can, it can manifest in a form of jealousy in relationships or of, uh, of others or with others. Amen. It can manifest uh, in the form of trouble trusting um, the intentions of people in your life because some you because you were left in 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 and um, now all of a sudden you're suspicious of everybody else's intention. It can manifest that way when a person is suffering from abandonment, anxiety, and all of these different things. These are ways. These are signs that tend to pop up. And people don't always know what it is, but that's the purpose of this, of this lesson today. Help you figure out what's going on. Maybe all you knew was something was going wrong and you didn't know what to color it. You didn't know what to call it. You didn't know what it was. But as we talk through these things, you're able to identify some of these things. And now you're able to take it back and really do some self-examination, some soul searching. And you might discover that, you know what, man, all this time, my problem has has been abandonment. And I've been acting up and acting out because of that. Amen. That's what this is about. Some of the other signs that of abandonment issues is, is, is that of feeling insecure about the relationships that you have in your life. We're always worried that someone is going to leave. And we all suffer from that at times or forms of it, or we can suffer from it. Some people don't suffer from that, but some do. Many people do. Another form that uh, abandonment can, can uh, um, anxiety and can, can, can take the form of uh, is, is, is in having difficulty in feeling intimate emotionally emotional 
intimacy. In other words, I just can't get caught close to anybody. Can't I got trouble letting people get close to, to my heart because I'm afraid that they're going to leave, that they're going to do X, Y, Z. Those are some of the ways that abandonment kind of shows up. Another one we said is uh, some people with abandonment, they, you know, they're going to ensure that they don't get abandoned or have to deal with any of that ever again. So what do they do? They go hard in the area of control. They start to try, they start to become a controlling person. And they want to control everybody and everything in the relationship. Not realizing that the very thing that they seek to do, they seek to avoid rather. Easily becomes one of the motivating factors for some people that encourages them to leave. So in other words, the thing that you're trying to prevent by trying to control, you know what I'm saying, through control, you are actually in danger of causing to happen. A lot of people don't realize that though. All sorts of things, all these are all sorts of things that we that can come about when abandonment anxiety enters the fray. Another area of or sign of abandonment that people, some people suffer from abandonment is in the area of settling for unsatisfactory relationships. And this, and this does not, necess- this is not necessarily talking about a, the, 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 a, cor- a, 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 a relationship when you're, where you're courting. Okay. So it's not boyfriend, girlfriend. This is not the, the, the fiance um, relationship. This is not, this is necessarily the marriage relationship. Okay. Those are all types of relationships uh, of, of, um, um, of different types of um, relationships that carry different levels of closeness. Okay. So those are the, those relationships that occur after friendship. But what we're talking about here is, yes, it can happen there too. But this stuff really happens, is most common in the area of friendships. So the very first level, the very first level, the ones that, the, the, it, and, and, and the multitude of relationships that will never go beyond that point they stay at the friendship level they don't go anywhere else it's very present and a common and accounted for there because that's the most common of relationship that's that 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 that's the there are more of those relationships just friendships than there are of any other type of relationship amen amen and signs of abandonment in that is, set, is settling for unsatisfactory relationships or friendships. In other words, you allow people that you really shouldn't allow into your life. These are people that don't bring anything to the table. They're not somehow helping you. 
They're not a blessing to your life. But when a person is dealing with abandonment, they settle for unhealthy friendships. They put up with unhealthy friendship. You got friends, so-called friends, that you know are engaged in the wrong thing. You know they're not doing the right thing. You got so-called friends that all they do is take from you. But rarely do they give anything back. They are present and accounted for to help you spin out of control at your expense. But where are they when you need to get it together? When you're struggling to breathe and to find yourself again, where are they? They all start out with the same rhetoric, with the, with the, with the same line. I'm, I'm your buddy. I'm this. I'm that. But it's strange that I can't find them. You can't find them. When life has taken you to a place where you need them most, man, I could use a buddy right now. I could use a friend right now. Many of these people get elevated in our lives to the place of counselor and mentor, people who should never be in that position. Ecclesiasticus, I gave you last week, 37 and 1, says this, every friend saith, I am his friend also. But there is a friend which is only a friend in name. Where are they? You built your life around them. You allowed them to become central characters on the stage of your life. But when the play progressed and it came time for them to recite their lines, suddenly and strangely, they missed all their cues. The cue of a lost loved one, the, the cue of a lost job or the cue of a hard time or a difficult situation, the cues of a life where I just need somebody to lend a helping hand, to be a shoulder to lean on. Maybe even one to cry on. But they're not there. They're blowing in the wind. Why? Because every friend saith, I am his friend also. But there is a friend 
which is only a friend in name. And I'm going to ask you something. Do you know which of your friends are only friends in name? Do you know the company that you are keeping? Do you know who is on the Lord's side? Why are you tolerating these people in your life? They sell you a bill of goods and they tell you they can do all of this and they pretend. To be more than what they are. Ecclesiastic is 37. I gave you verse one, but verse four says this. There is a companion which rejoiceth in the prosperity of a friend. But in the time of trouble will be against him. Oh, they'll help you spin up all your money. All you got to say is, my treat, come along with me. They'll help you break yourself. But let hard times fall. And you need a dollar or two. There ain't going to be nowhere to be found. <laughs> You're going to look around and standing. They were standing right next to you one moment. Next to you, look at all you see is a dotted outline, like the old cartoons. Once the cartoon character split and just go, just a dotted outline. Many of do that when money is involved. But I submit many of them do that. on the issues that are more important than money. They are a friend in name only. And when you need a shoulder to lean on, they are not there. Yet these people get elevated. Signs of abandonment is elevating these people, settling for unsatisfactory relationships and friendships, allowing these people into your circles, allowing these people into your inner circle. They become the voices that you will listen to above everybody else. All the while, the signs of their life is not there. But you have settled for it. And when these connections leave, they leave a gaping hole. And then depression and sadness and longing and aching and all of that sets in. And why? For some folk, I get it. Because they are who they say they are. 
But when you're dealing with abandonment issues, many times these are not people who are who they say they are. They said they were. But we ignored all of the signs of the life that they live that clearly show they are not who they say they are. But because we're dealing with abandonment, we settle for them to become our confidants and our leaders, our counselors, our guides. We afford them trust that we should not. But a snake is still a snake. I don't care how you dress it up. You can tie a, a, a pretty bow around the tail. You can do whatever it is that you, that you want. You can draw happy faces all on its scales to make it look like it's a pleasant. You can put makeup, you can do whatever it is you want, but a snake's still a snake. And a snake gonna do what a snake does. You're not gonna change that. And so these people get in these positions in our lives and we get hurt when they leave. But look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 19. Word of God says this, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. And that hurts. But there's even a blessing in that. Here it is. But they went out that they might be made manifest. Manifest means to reveal, to uncover, turn the light on, if you will that they were not all of us. You might be hurt because someone that you thought was this, that, and the other, you come to a screeching hope and have found out that they are not who they claim to be. The signs have been there all along, but you probably have been ignoring it. But now you can no longer ignore it. And you know that who this, this person is, is not who they claim to be. And the hurt and disappointment is setting in and the frustration. But even in the middle of this, I want to tell you something. God is blessing you. Because what 1 John 2 and 19 shows us very plainly is that not everybody who goes with you is really with you. They're not all part of you. Some of these folks who claim to be your friend, they're not your friend. They are not who they claim to be. Because if they had truly been what they claim to be, they would have stuck with it. And that's what John is talking about. And it applies in friendship and it applies in salvation. It applies in all in so many areas. We're going to use it here since we're talking about friendship and, and relationships. They went out with you. 
They claim to be 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 of like mind. They put on a good show. But now the show's over. The lights are off. And the clowns have all left the stage and nobody's laughing anymore. And now you realize that you just could not count on that person because they're not who they said they were. But there's a blessing because God could easily allow you to continue on in that delusion and in that deception, you deceiving yourself. But God is allowing you to see that they are not who they claim to be so that you can make a new decision. And I want to tell somebody who's listening to this. That for some of you, your life is going to turn around or start to turn around as soon as you get rid of the dead weight. You got to stop keeping company with the devil. You got to wait on God. You don't just settle for anybody because it seems like a quick fix. You got to wait on God. You don't want anything. You want the right thing. good old common sense but we need a little common sense sometimes it's not so common as it used to be nowadays signs of abandonment settling for those unsatisfactory relationships but the truth is is that they were never your friend in the first place. And that's what John, 1 John 2 and 19 is telling you. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Those are not the ones that you want. See, the ones that you want are the ones that are described by Proverbs 17 and 17. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Remember what I told you? Ecclesiasticus 7 and 14. Every friend saith, I am his friend also. But there is a friend which is only a friend in name. And then verse number four said this. There is a companion which rejoiceth in the prosperity of a friend, but in the time of trouble will be against him. See, uh-uh. Proverbs 17, 17 tell you that a real friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity see the real deal gonna stick with you through thick and thin matter of fact they're gonna shine the brightest in adversity remember we're talking about settling for unsatisfactory relationships that as a sign of abandonment because many times that's what people do uh, that's it's a sign of that abandonment anxiety 
You just so don't want to be alone. You so don't want to be by yourself. You so don't that you just invite and you tolerate anything, even though the signs are all there that these people are not who they claim to be. The people who are legitimate, they're the ones that love at all times. They prove and show to be a brother that is born for adversity. They prove to be the ones that you see in Proverbs 27 and 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy huh, are deceitful. And many of us have decided that I'd rather have a kiss. than a wound and we get it a kiss feels better but the word of god says faithful are the wounds of a friend see what this mean what this refers to is that a true friend is going to tell you what you need to know and what you need to hear even if it breaks your heart a little bit even if it challenges you even if it upsets you Whereas the kisses of the enemy, those are the ones that see you going the wrong way. But don't have enough courage to tell you the right thing. They are the ones who can see you going and self-destructing and will go along for the ride with popcorn in hand and watch the show. They are the ones that will tell you what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. What type of friend are you settling for in your life? Yet for all of that, there is a friend <laughs> that goes beyond all of that. There's a friend that's all of Proverbs 1717, 17, Proverbs 27, 6, and then some. Abandonment, anxiety will have you settling for just any type of friend simply because you don't want to be without somebody in your life. Because we were not designed to be alone. And so we crave and we long for relationship, connection with others. We long for that. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we, we create it that way. But you cannot just feel that with anybody. Just because you don't want to be alone in some capacity or the other. 
And as long as you keep trying to fill that void, that area by any means necessary, man, it ain't no telling who you're going to get, <laughs> who you're going to hire for the job of friend in your life. All of them got the same thing on the friendship resume. They say, I am a friend. I'm a friend. I'm a friend. But the word of God said, a true friend is born for, from adversity, for adversity. You looking for it for everybody else and in everybody else. But you know, let me tell you what I'm glad about. I discovered I don't even have to look that far. Matthew 28, 20 says it this way. It's Jesus talking. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I commanded you. Watch this. This is the kind of friend I'm looking for. This is the one that I want. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. See, there's a friend that fits the bill of what the Bible teaches us a friend is and one with the added benefit of never leaving or forsaking you. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Ain't nobody like him. And nevertheless, and I get it, I get it, I get it. Some of you say, I get that, but, but I just wanted somebody, you know, that I could physically see another, just a human also. I just, you know, it's not that I don't want God. I want just that human connection too. I just, and let me stop you right there. There's nothing wrong with that. But you got to wait on God to provide those people. You cannot ignore the signs of the people or the life of the people that come into your vicinity. See, people come in and the temptation is to just take them at their word. But you don't take a person at their word if it means ignoring the life behind the words. Because who a person really is, is not who they say. They are what they do. When you choose to take somebody just at their word and allow that person to become your confidant, your mentor, your leader, and all of these different things, all the while you ignore the life that they live, 
then you are blindly following or allowing this person. You are ignoring the signs that are plainly there. The ones that show you in advance, they are not who they claim to be. Nobody wants to feel alone. And it hurts at times. But my goodness, have some self-respect. God has made you more valuable than you see yourself at times. Don't settle for these jokers and these pretenders, these liars. Devils with smooth conversation. And a fantastic outward appearance. They are not who they say they are. They are devils in disguise. Have enough respect for yourself that you're not going to just settle for anybody just for temporary relief from the anguish that sometimes accompanies abandonment. Because at the end of the day, you might not have somebody physically, visibly there like that. But I already told you, Matthew 28, 20 said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you and lo, Jesus is talking. That is God Almighty. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let me tell you something. If everybody pack up and leave, as long as I got Jesus, I can make it. I can make it. I'm going to make it. I will make it. See, everybody else can pack their bags and they can shut off the lights and they can say, it's over and I'm leaving and I'm done with all of this. But as long as I got Jesus <laughs> and as long as you got him, let me tell you something. The sun is going to shine again. The wind is going to keep right on blowing. I'm telling you, the rain is going to fall. And I'm not talking about the rain of despair, but I'm talking about the rain of fellowship with God Almighty, the one that takes all the sting out of everything that hurts and allows you to see a brighter day. Why? Because I told you what Matthew 28, 20 said. He said, Lord, I'm with you always. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I get excited about that. He said, hello, I'm with you always. I've had people say I'm with you, but they only were with me for just a little while. But here come God breaking through the cloudy sky saying, hello, I'm with you always. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm by your side. I'm going to stick with you. Listen, you got to understand when does God become enough? Because the games that these other people are playing and running on you, it's enough is enough. It's time to let that go. It's time to let that go. You're going to feel the sting sometimes. 
Oh, yeah, you're going you gonna to get it. You're going to feel it sometimes. Second Corinthians 4, look at 8 through 9. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You're going to feel forsaken. That's that abandoned. You're going to feel person. You're going to feel all that. But the word of God says, but you are not forsaken. Are you going to feel it? Yes. But is that the reality? No. Do you hear the word of God speaking against the way you feel? I'm going to tell you something. There are going to be times where the way you feel runs counterclockwise to what God said, but you have got to learn that you are going to substitute the way you feel for the way God said it, because when God says it, that settles it. Yeah, I might feel lonely. I might feel lost. I might feel abandoned. But that word said, I'm troubled on every side, but yet not distressed. I am perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I am not forsaken, which means I am not abandoned. Cast down, but not destroyed. We just keep it real. Nevertheless, even with all of this, There are times where some connections are taken from us, still dealing with abandonment, or the thought or fear of a connection being taken or lost, unfairly or otherwise. When these things happen, they can leave us or a person dealing with the feelings of abandonment. Some people have experienced this in the literal sense of what David was talking about, Psalms 27, verse number 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. He said, when my mother, when my father and my mother forsake me. Some of you are dealing with abandonment and it indeed had started at the childhood level. And that's, and that's legitimate. Some have come into it later on in life and different things. But for some, it did go back that far. And you're, you're hurting. And you're trying to get through because it's just a part that, that just... And some of, them, some of you have dealt with the feelings of how, it's not that you play it over and over and over, but you, but you pondered it or some form of it from time to time. How can they do that? How can they do that? How could my dad just leave like that? How can my mom just abandon me like that? mom shouldn't be able to do that shouldn't be anything within a mom that would allow her to do it shouldn't be anything within a dad to allow him to just throw me away like that 
But unfortunately, I don't want you to listen up. The world that you live in is a world that is full of sin. And as long as there is sin and wickedness in this world, the depths of depravity that people can fall to will remain a possibility for all of us. All of us have the potential to do the wrong things. And at times we do the wrong things. See, Isaiah 49, 15 puts it in perspective. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Now you would think, you would hope that that's a rhetorical question and that the answer would be no. But the scripture is not over. This thought is not complete. You have to read on because God is dropping that truth and knowledge on you to help you gain some perspective. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? In other words, can there be a terrible mom? Can there be a mom that would abandon? And look at what the word says, yay. They may forget. But watch what God says. Yet will I not forget. Can a woman forget her child? Can parents not care about the gift that God blessed them with because children are heritage of the Lord. They are gifts from God. But you got some no good, ridiculous parents that don't see it. And you would think that they would love the children more. But then you discover that they are sinner just like you and me. And unfortunately, they fail to some of the worst sins. If there is such a thing. All sin is terrible to God and all of it leads to hell. Nevertheless, the word says, yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget. Lamentations picks up the same thought. Chapter four, verses three through five says this, even, even the sea monsters draw out the breast. They give suck to their young ones. The daughters of my people is become cruel. Like the ostriches in the wilderness. The tongue of the sucking child cleaveth to the roof of his mouth for thirst. The young children ask bread and no man breaketh it unto them. They that did feed delicately are desolate in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet 
embrace dung hills. There are parents that abandon, that leave, should have stayed, should have cared, should have nursed, should have poured in, should have built in, should have built up, should have held on to, should have, should have, should have. And so some of you deal with loss that started way back then. And you've been dealing with loss ever since. But I want to give you some hope today. Turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 21. And let's just start reading. And we're going to end with this. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. So this is on the heels of Jesus dealing with the man who wanted to come and be a follower of the, of the Lord and wanted to know what he needed to do. And the Lord starts questioning him, giving him all these things. And he's like, I did all this. I've done all that. And then he tells him, okay, it's one more thing you got to do. One thing that thou lackest. He tells him to go sell everything. And then take up your cross and follow me. When he said take up the cross, that means be willing to suffer as Jesus was suffering. Have fellowship in that. Verse 22. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith to, unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again and saith, unto them children how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of god it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god and that's not talking about a literal uh, um, needle but a but a gate okay and they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked upon them, saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. I want you to keep that in mind. For with God, all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto them, lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Watch that. He says, remember, this man came wanting to know what he needed to do. And when it got to the point, when the conversation turned to having to leave certain things behind, the man went away grieved. But here Peter says, we willingly left it. We're not like that man. We, we, left, all, we left all and have followed thee. Watch Jesus's words. Because in this, for those of you who are hurting, who the pain of abandonment goes back further. And it starts at the very beginning, literally with mom and dad or that person 
who served as that. But then they willingly left for one reason or another. And Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren, watch this, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Watch this. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution in this world, in the world to come eternal life. So you're going to receive it. And in the world to come, you'll receive eternal life. That's what that part means. So these other things, mother, father, I mean, mother, brother, and sister, that you get here. He says, I got that for you here. You're going to get that here. But in addition, in the world to come, you won't get eternal life. Now, let's tie it together and close this thing out. Jesus was saying, notice that he didn't say, that he shall receive father. He just said, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands. The things that you don't have, he, when you, what he was saying, but he didn't say father. And the reason why is because he is your father. He takes up the father role. In the kingdom of God, what you do not have, God has designed it whereby when you come into the household of faith, if I grew up without mom or dad and all of these things and so on and all these other connections that I felt that I needed, God said, when you come to me, when you are part of his family, when you sacrifice or when you do without these things for whatever reason, when you are with God, he says, I provide those things. What does that mean? That means that I may not have had dad in my life, but God's going to take up that role. I may not have had mom in my life, but when I come into the household of God, God's got somebody in the kingdom that he has assigned the role to take up the mantle of mother in my life. She will begin to speak into me as if she were my own. I hope you understand what I'm telling you. Are you longing for a sister? Are you longing for a brother? That's why you go to church and you forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Because in God's plan and in God's kingdom, Everything that you don't have, everything that you did not have before you were born again, once you get born again, according to the scripture, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, once you get that done, everything else that is missing will be found in the household of God. God has assigned somebody. You just keep going to church. You just keep worshiping God. And there will be somebody that'll take up that role. It won't be blood related. 
No, won't be that. But through the spirit, God will give you the mother you never had, the father you never had, the brother that you never had, the sister that you never had. Because you can't just sacrifice for God and God don't hook you up. That ain't the kind of God we serve. And that is what he wants you to know. I know you didn't have it. And yes, you should have had somebody, parent that did right by you, but you didn't. But Jesus is saying it ain't over. You might not have had it before you got to him is what he's saying. But now that you are with him, he's going to hook you up. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, I hope that helps. There is grace. Even in abandonment. Because you got a God that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you've got a God that understands that sometimes you do want that human connection. And he says, I got that for you because when you sacrifice for me, when you put me first, when you choose God in spite of everything else, he knows what is missing in your life and he knows the longing of your heart. And those connections have already been made available to you in his house. God bless you, family. Until next time.